uh, did I ever tell you about the time I almost spent $300 on a signed Mitt Romney baseball? <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Battery Mates. It's my favorite episode of the year. It is the last Battery Mates episode before Pitches and Catches Report. I'm Matthew in London and I'm joined by... This is Toby in Chicago where it's snowing and uh, we're talking about baseball and it's great. I'm very happy. I, uh, we are going to talk about um, uh, the house and asterisks again because that's the only topic in town. Uh, but we're also going to talk about how close we are to baseball. I left the office from work the other day. I leave around 4.30, so it's quite quite early in the day to go and pick up my kid. And it was still light outside, and it was kind of unseasonably warm thanks to the climate crisis. <laughs> and I was listening to the uh, latest weekly episode of the uh, Baseball Tonight podcast, and I, fe- I could feel, I could feel how close baseball was, and it, it made me so happy. Yeah, um... I was having that same experience today when I woke up and it was snowing and I was like, ah, shit, it's snowing on a shovel. I have to like, you know, do shit out in the outdoors today. Um, And then I reminded myself, um, the the little optimist inside my brain um, was like, yes, but in two days, baseball players from from the Clevelands are going to be picking up baseballs and throwing them at spring training, Um, which is really, really refreshing to, to know. So... Um, it, the end. The end of winter is nigh. Um, the, the the fun thing for the for for the Nationals is that our spring training facility in Florida is a joint uh, um, venue. It's like a joint spring training facility which we share. We built jointly with and share with Houston. That's going to be interesting. <laughs> it's going to be super awkward. <laughs> uh, to, be, to be fair. To be fair. Um, we won, so it doesn't matter. The BA is going to have so much fun, like with uh, you know all the various trash cans are going to be a little bit more, <laughs> just a little bit more. I don't know, meaningful this year. Um, oh, it's going to be so great. There's, I mean, there's so many jokes to make, uh, and it is going to be funny for for a long time. Um, we let's get into. Uh, talking about Houston, we've got a couple of other things we want to cover, but the main the main story in town is still. Uh, the fallout from um, Trashgate. <laughs> yeah, uh, the banging scheme. Yeah, the, the old the old banging scheme. I do think the banging scheme is quite a good name for a, a punk band. It's a good name for a lot of things. I would name a lot of things the banging scheme. Um, you know, I, I if, if I would have known about this before Ruby was born, I, that, that would have been a finalist for sure. Um, banging scheme falls graph. That would have gone. It kind of rolls off the tongue. BS yeah, for you sure. Don't, you, you know, you don't want your kid to be to have the first name the. <laughs> uh, um. Anyway, uh, there's been there has been there, there's there's so much more to come of this story. This is nowhere near uh, the end of the uh, the end of the row. But there has been some breaking developments since our our last pod. Much more breaking than the last time we were talking about breaking news. This is like actually <laughs> reported in the last couple of days. So, <laughs> but yeah, the Wall Street Journal. Take us through it. Yeah, well, so I don't have a Wall Street. So, um, 
you know, our, our, our current uh, advertisers um, have not provided enough budget to actually have a subscription to the Wall Street Journal. So I don't have a login. So um, I'm relying on reports of the report itself. Um, but Jared Diamond um, in the Wall Street Journal is reporting that essentially the front office was um, who previous to this report were kind of uh, I kind of left out of the, the the kind of guilt here. They were it was it certainly stated in the MLB report that this was player driven in, entirely, and the only non player who really was involved um, was Alex Cora, um, and that appears to not be true. Uh, the the we now know there was a program called. Codebreaker, which, oh, my goodness, it's, it's just, you know, you know you're doing something. It's not subtle, is it? <laughs> it's not subtle. You know you're doing something on the up and up when uh, you have a program called Codebreaker going around being pitched to your front office. Um, but I, I, I think from what I'm gathering of a, you know, a cursory read of this article, but I get bored when I see too many words back to back. So uh, my, my, you know, my my take on this is like an, an intern or a low-level staffer pr- proposed this idea um, to in the front office, and uh, it was kind of cleared by them. And, and it sounds like they brought it to the players. They brought it to Alex Cora and to um, potentially AJ Hinch. Um, and this was this was back in 2016. So uh, the origins of this now we don't know. Like everybody, Lunau, uh, the, the the now. The former general manager of the the, the asterisks um, denies the report, and um, you know he's he's saying he had you know before he said he's not a cheater and he had no knowledge that they were breaking the rules, um, which it seems at least suspect to this. It was already suspect because who the fuck believes anything they say? But uh, it, it seems very um, uh, questionable now. Um, and you know the other day, Tom Verducci. Um, uh, asked AJ Hinch, you know the, the now former Astros manager, if there was truth to these rumors about the the players wearing buzzers to convey signs. And I don't know if did you see his answer. Did you like read the uh, the answer on this? No. Let me see if I can pull it up. Um, I'm I'm very prepared and I have it. Um, okay, so Berucci asks. I know the commissioner's office looked into this and they determined there was nothing to it. Can you assure us there were no buzzers or anything like that being used? AJ Hinch. Well, the commissioners, we got investigated for three months. The commissioner's office did as thorough of an investigation as anyone can imagine was possible. I know you mentioned about the emails and the texts and the messages, and I believe it. That's not a no. That's not a no. That is not not explicitly not a no. Um, Which essentially, you know, and I know a lot of people reading that when, by not saying no, a lot of people who want to believe malfeasance was happening, I was reading that as a yes. Like, it's absolutely happening. It was absolutely happening. And I, I, I think there's, it's becoming, okay, so there's a couple ramifications here. Obviously, it sounds like this is not getting better for the Astros. It's getting worse, more revelations here. Um, the other part of the report is that they were do, using this code breaker scheme not just at home, which is new. Um, they were using it on the road, which helps explain, you know, a lot of the Astros fans were defending their team, saying, "Yeah, well, it didn't didn't really work." I think you mentioned it in the last episode. You know, they they were just as good on the, on the road as they were at home, more or less. Um, I don't think any, only a couple of players had better stats on at home than on the road. And 
it now looks like they were using this some sort of um, scheme, whether it was a banging scheme or another kind of scheme, uh, on the road as well. It, the thing that I, it like kind of sent chills down my spine here was the, this notion that they, they were instructing scouts to point their cameras into imposing dugouts, which, as we talked about in previous episodes, that's something the Indians were complaining about during the 2018 playoffs, that the Astros had somebody like, filming into their... Uh, like using like a phone or a, a camera to like, sh- like actually point their uh, take take footage of their dugout, um, and that's it's like super super shady uh, at the time. And now that this might be all part of Codebreaker, which um, I'm pretty sure is a board game that I played uh, like seven months ago. I, I, anyway, it's like the worst code name for anything ever. <laughs> this is Operation Codebreaker. <laughs> Don't ever tell anyone what this is about. This is a code name, need to know basis only. All communications must refer only to Codebreaker, so we don't let anyone know what we're talking about. It's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> it's, it's so bad. And I just, I just love the idea that, that they think this is all good and done, and we can all move on. And AJ Hinch got sacked, and we had a big report, and it had lots of legal terms in it, and and now off we go. <laughs> It's just like, come on, guys. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, and it looks like, you know, if Major League Baseball did as thorough an investigation as they say they did, and I believe that, um, they had to have dug up some of this stuff. Like, you don't have a program called Codebreaker for three years, <laughs> and it doesn't come up in any of the interviews. Like, nobody mentions that. Uh, it's just like... It's, each, each time you say Codebreaker, it's, it's, it's funny again. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I mean, I mean, we said this throughout last episode that they they were so narrow in talking about the banging scheme and it just seems to me that that what they just they've seen a load of other threads and they just haven't pulled at them they've said the remit from the commissioner's office was to look into the banging scheme and there's all of this other uh you know there's a murder scene here with loads of firearms around but we were just told to look at the knives and that's (laughs) and and that's what we've done um is 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 ludicrous, and I, I just don't. I I personally, you know, it's easy to be cynical about these things and say it's going to get swept under the carpet. There's going to be a lot of other teams who won't want those threads to be pulled out, and um, you know, the commissioner's office doesn't want to end up in a situation where he's suspending 30, 40 superstars for a whole year. I mean, that's kind of like uh, labor dispute levels of disruption that will damage the game. But it it it's just hard to imagine that this is just not going to go anywhere. One of the reasons that the banging scheme came to light was because of the internet sleuthing of people who just literally sat and watched um, every game afresh and listened listened for bangs. Did you see there was um, a really incredible investigation? Someone had um, uh, gone through and watched every single Houston game for two years Hmm. and marked when the bangs happened. So that they could see, like, where there was variation between different uh, teams, variation on the road, not on the road, uh, variation on, of uh, you know when during the game. Um, it was really interesting. So he's like literally got the data of every single banging sound over the course of uh, I think two seasons, and that's a lot of at bats. And um, did some really cool data visualization stuff. And I just think that you know it's going to be very hard for MLB to totally lock this down and, and avoid ongoing uh, um, uh, uh, controversy. You know, and I have, 
and I think that was, and I could be wrong about this, but I think that um, big, you know, watching all the games and marking all the bangs was an Astros fan that did it, I think. Um, I, I could be wrong. <laughs> In my head, it's an Astros fan that did it. Um, and I think the piece, I do have sympathy. Uh, and I feel for a lot of the Astros fans out there. Um, I know, you know, I'm, I'm previewing stuff. We're, we're in really, actually, pretty intense negotiations right now to bring Ross Morales Ricardo on this show. Uh, we mentioned that last time. You know, it's I'm, I'm I remain confident, like the Red Sox remain confident that they're going to be able to trade away their best player. Um, that, that we're going to get something done here, but um, it's still ongoing. And I want to hear their perspective. I want to hear. First of all, I imagine this is just extremely difficult to go through as a fan. Um, I can't imagine if this was my team. You know, if this was my team, I wouldn't have a, a World Series that is tarnished. But uh, <laughs> at least, at least we have that going for us, Cleveland. Um, uh, I, but I just, you know, I want to hear what they have to say, and I want to hear because I imagine I would be putting up some sort of fight if I was a if this was a Cleveland controversy. I don't know. What do you, do you think? Do you think first of all, do you think we're going to get Ross on the show? I think Ross will come on the show eventually, but um, only because. Uh, public opinion um, is only going in one direction on this uh, on this one, so it, the pressure will be too much for him to um, avoid um, coming on eventually. Um, we have a change research poll in the field right now um, on Ross's approval. Um, you know, he had pretty good numbers last time we were testing his name, but uh, we'll see. You know, yeah, I mean, he's, already, he's already, his numbers are already underwater on this one, and <laughs> I think it'll only get worse. So I think he'll, I think he'll be on the show. Sooner or later. Yeah. Um, well, so should we let's, let's should we save this? There's a lot more to say on this. I'm sure we'll be talking about it on nearly every episode in this fifth season of Battery Mates. Uh, <laughs> maybe we'll... one, one, can I, one thing I want to talk about now, because I don't want to talk about it in front of Ross, um, but how bad do you think that they're going to get booed mm. on the road? Really bad. Yeah. I think it's I, going to be really bad too. <laughs> I want to go to the the first time they play the White Sox just because of that. I want to see what happens. Oh uh, yeah. Maybe. We oh can, yeah. Maybe maybe we can get a press pass. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we we are we are going to um, watch a game at Minute Maid Park next season. We we have our road trip planned. Uh, we'll talk about that more in a in a little while. But I, I am personally going to boo the Astros. <laughs> I, I know it's going to be harder, and there'll be fewer of us booing them at Minute Maid Park. But I, you know. It's my only time next season watching uh, the Asterix play, and I'm going to boo the shit out of them. <laughs> we'll be very popular there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what else do we want to talk about? Well, you know, I think we mentioned this briefly, but I think it'd be nice to just quickly some of the ramifications of this Mookie Betts trade. Um, and I'm not talking about how this affects the Dodgers or the Red Sox um, or even the Twins, potentially, if they stay in this, this three-team deal. Um, I'm talking about the effects it had on Mitt Romney. Um, who did something pretty dramatic this week that I don't know about you, but would you say fair to say it's fairly uncharacteristic Mitt Romney? Maybe he's uh, acting a little, maybe emotions were driving, you know, over losing Mookie um, might've been driving some of his behavior. What do you, what do you have to say? I mean, you're a Mitt Romney expert. You're our resident um, <laughs> Mitt Romney correspondent. Um, I, I know that, I know that, um, uh, saying that Romney is emotional about the Mookie Betts trade is our 
like very thin veneer of an excuse for talking about <laughs> Mitt Romney's vote in the impeachment trial. But just to get serious for a second, I have I have followed Mitt Romney pretty closely for um, almost well, not quite ten years. Uh, I was actually interviewed on uh, a, a, an American politics podcast here in the UK uh, the other day, and we got talking about you know Obama and, and Romney 2012, and I and I made the point that. I've read four different biographies of Mitt Romney, but I haven't even read Barack Obama's autobiography, let, any, let alone any biographies <laughs> of him. I, I, I do know about Mitt Romney. I've uh, followed him very, very closely. Um, and I honestly don't think it is that out of character. I honestly do yeah. think that he uh, has quite deep, uh, deeply held values, um, a, a philosophical view of the world, of right and wrong. I think that quite often he, uh, well, number one, I don't, agree with the values he has i don't like a lot of the <laughs> values he has but he does hold values uh in 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 the way that conservatives maybe traditionally have, have or some of them have, have have had um that's kind of gone by the wayside more recently but um uh, number two i don't think that he has always abided by his own uh, uh values but he does hold very very deeply held uh, values and i think that his speech was um uh, true to those mm -hmm. and I, I found it quite moving um you know, I spent a lot of time trying to do him down in, in, in 2011 and 2012, and, and rightly so, because he would have been very bad for America if he'd been the president. Um, but I always had respect for him throughout that period. And whenever I say that, like I do talks or whatever, and people ask me about Rick Romney, and, they, and I say that, I hold him in deep respect. And whenever I say that, people burst out laughing. Yeah. Uh, but I do. And um, I was I was really I don't want to say I was proud of him. Like, it makes it sound like he's uh, in some way, uh, you know, uh, answerable to me. But um, uh, I did appreciate it, and I, and I thought it was the, the right thing to do. And I think that he did it from a, a place of, of principle. But you know, obviously, politicians, all politicians, even the best ones, are a mixture of uh, deeply held values, pragmatism, and cynicism. Right. You know, we both worked for Barack Obama, and I, I, you know, he was cynical from time to time. You know, take his uh, stance on gay marriage. He never believed uh, in his opposition to gay marriage. He did it out of uh, cynicism for where the electoral math was. I think all politicians have that mix of values, pragmatism, and cynicism, and, and you know, where where they are at in any particular time is, speaks to their, their character and also to the circumstances. And um, I think that that Mitt Romney's uh, vote was very admirable. So I got all serious then. We were just going to muck about about Mookie Betts being traded, but I got all, uh, I got all emotional. <laughs> this, didn't is, I? this is why people listen to the show, though. They they get the, um, you know, they come here to listen about Mookie Betts, and then they get this really eloquent, uh, you know, little little ditty on Mitt Romney and American politics, and you know, I, not just American politics, but you know, I, I think. Um, this is what makes yeah, our sorry, show. I'll, I'll get back to dick jokes in a second. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I, I learned about um, speaking of dick jokes. I learned about what a dick dick is the other day. You know what this is? It's like a little deer. Anyway, um, I, I don't know. You're just I, saying the word dick a lot is yeah, what I can hear it's, so far. I, it's they're adorable and it is um, a really giggle. It's a giggle fest. Um, that's all I'll say. Just saying the words. Anyway. Back to Speaking when, of when you different. post when you post this episode online, <laughs> and it comes up as a Twitter notification, uh, uh, a podcast notification, 
if you don't have the title of this episode as Dicks Are Adorable, I am going to be furious. <laughs> it's Dick Dicks. It's Dick Dicks. Dick Dick. Yeah, Dick Dick. Anyway. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know anything else on Mookie Betts or Mitt Romney? No, I, the, the only thing is, uh, did I ever tell you about the time I almost spent $300 on a signed Mitt Romney baseball? <laughs> I've heard this story, yeah, but I don't know if Battery Mates Nation has. <laughs> it's, it's not that. It's, uh, I've, given, I've given the game away, really. In the, I was in Cooperstown, and I was in one of those stores where they have loads and loads of uh, signed baseballs, and uh, there was one uh, signed by Mitt Romney, and it was it was $250, I think. And I, I didn't see the price, but um, I went and asked Mary whether I could buy a, a signed Mitt Romney baseball. And she said, you have to tell me now how much you would be willing to spend. And then when you go back and look at the price, you'll know whether or not. And I said I would spend $75 on it. Mm. And I went back and it was 250 and she wouldn't let me just yeah. buy it anyway. So that's, that's, that's why I married tactic. her. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, that's a good. It's like cutting the baby in half. You want to. It's very wise. You know? yeah, it's not like cutting a baby in half, but um, it I mean, is wise. I, I take your broader point. It's just it. Just as messy. Um, <laughs> should we? Should we? Should we go on and uh, talk about the actual baseball season that is coming up? Yeah. Wait. Let's take a quick word from our sponsor, and then wrap uh, up, yeah, wrap up talking about baseball. Okay. This episode of Battery Mates is brought to you by the Iowa Democratic Party, who. Well, had a very different ad for us to read when this arrangement was worked out, and they paid us for the time. But now they'd just like to remind Battery Mates Nation that our shared hell will soon be over. Pitchers and catchers report this week. Back to the show. Well, thanks as always to our sponsors. Um, we couldn't do the show without you, quite literally, uh, even though our, our tech is uh, arguably worse than it has been in previous episodes. Um, certainly our banter uh, is just not as crisp. Um, it's really our... We do this for the advertisers. Uh, we don't do it for our listeners. Um, uh, we, we do it for the, the people giving us money. And uh, I just yep. want to be... You know, my heart goes out to them. Every, every week, yep. every time we record this podcast, I think about them, you know? I have to picture their little faces um, when they don't. They don't actually listen to the show, I'm sure. Um, but uh, yeah, we don't care about either of our listeners. No, no, no. I'm sure they're fine. I'm sure they're fine. Uh, I, 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 I do care about Justin actually. <laughs> so I couldn't, I couldn't let that one go. I didn't want anyone to think that you know I was being serious. That was a joke. I, I genuinely do care about Justin. No, I don't care about our other listener, but. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Gable um, just threw so, his phone across the room. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's going to be a baseball season soon. Um, yeah, but okay, so, uh, you know, I wanted to talk about, like, what people are saying is going to happen this season. And then I looked into it, and I, I'm not happy with what people are saying is going to happen this season. Are you? Well, um, I'm, I'm happier than you are. You, you tell us why you're unhappy, and then, and then I'll well, do me. Yeah, so to speak. I mean, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, everybody knows the Cleveland's finished in second place last year. Everybody knows we won 93 games, which is all you need to do to win the World Series. Everybody knows that. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I think we've, 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 we're pretty much returning the same team that played on the field last season. Um, we traded away one of our best pitchers, but who was injured most of last season. Um, 
but uh, it's essentially the, the same team, if not a little bit better. Um, and Las Vegas line, I think last I heard, had us at 80, 88 or 89 wins. USA Today came out predicting we're going to win 86 games, which is just, okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I have no idea. Um, but they have the Twins winning 94, which is uh, eight games better than our record. Um, and they have the White Sox winning 83, which is only three games worse. Um, and I know USA Today, uh, you know, as free as it is in every hotel in the country, um, uh, I, I'm not sure how good they are in the predictions business, but it just makes me, just seeing that breakdown um, on paper or on a screen makes me um, just a little bit sad, and I, I just don't want to believe it. So that's all I'm going to say about that. It's my analysis, is that I'm, I'm just not going to believe it. Um, Minnesota Twins are probably a better team uh, on paper, probably, uh, but not by a lot. I think maybe by three or four games. Like that's, that's fair. Um, but, uh, you know. It, it seems hard to um, get as specific as predicting how many games Cleveland will win this season when your trade business is probably not completely finished. <laughs> I, uh, I think th- I uh, think they're probably pretty. I would like to think they're going to get another outfielder, but I don't. I just don't, every everything I've read, everything I've been like, I just don't think there's anything meaningful going to happen. Anything major. Um, I, I guess Francisco Lindor could be traded, which that would pretty much be a, a white flag on the season. But um, I just don't think that's. I at this point, I don't see that happening. Um, yeah. Um, you'll probably wait until July, right? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're, we're in third place in July. We'll probably unload uh, Frankie and oh. I will cry on this show. Um, the, the USA Today also has uh, the Nationals finishing second in the um, in the National League uh, yeah. uh, East. Um, I'm less upset about that than you are <laughs> about Cleveland for three reasons. Um, firstly, um, we finished second last year and did okay. We won the World Series is the point I'm trying to make there. Um, Secondly, um, I I won the Nationals to do well. I want to uh, enjoy watching them win a lot of games. Um, But we won the World Series last year, and so I don't give two shits about (laughs) what happens for the next four, maybe five years. We'll see how it goes. Um, I, I am, I have a lot of, uh, uh, memories and, and video to watch to, uh, get me through any hard times at all. Um, and, and thirdly, I, I think that the team that we've got is going to be better on the field than it is on paper. Um, we kind of have a lot of old timers, um, and, uh, short contract, uh, players. And I think that, um, I understand why people think that is a, an 88, 89, 90 win team. Um, but I think they can, I think they can go better than that. That's my view. Well, I, I, um, I think it'll be regardless. Um, the piece that I think is most relevant, what you said is, is that you are the current world series champions and like even finishing in fifth, um, doesn't change that until next October. So, um, I probably would be disappointed if we finished fifth in the analyst. Yeah. That'd be very bad. Um, no, I would be. That would be irritating. Yeah. 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 I mean, honestly, I'd be. I'd be happy with a, an eighty-two win uh, season, 
Um, I, I would quite like it if we could do the same as last season where we got most of our losses in early. Yeah, we were 19 and 31 in, in May and um, that right? then basically didn't lose for the rest of the year. So <laughs> I haven't heard that one yet. Um... <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not, not a lot of people know <laughs> the Nationals were 19 and 31 at, at, at one point last season. Um, we should probably talk about that a few times. I don't share. I have not. I have different goals for this season. Um, I do care uh, if Cleveland plays well. I do want them to win the division. Um, I am of the opinion that when you have a uh, Frankie Lindor is the best player to play on my team since I've been alive. I believe, um, and I don't. While you have him on your roster. You need to go for it um, and try to try to build a championship caliber team. I think Cleveland knows that the playoffs are. I think the front office knows that the playoffs are kind of a roll of the dice, and so they're 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 less uh, incentivized to try to win 105 games than they are to win 95 games, 90 95 games. Um, and I think they see if you can if you can win the division, you got a ticket, um, and even if you can win a wild card. You gotta. There's there's a chance, um, and so I don't know. I it's depressing to me to see them not reinvest the money they've saved on uh, some of the salaries they've been able to shed. Uh, I I hope that changes over the course of the season, or hopefully before the season starts. But um, I would be lying if I said I'm I'm like I'm not I'm I'm not I'm just disappointed. I'm not angry, and I'm not gonna boycott the season or anything like that. People who are Oh, there are people who are. I, I, and I, I, when Mookie Betts trade rumors, or when the announcement, or when it was breaking that news, I was like initially sad for the Red Sox fans because, like, that's exactly. I, I know how that's going to feel because <laughs> um, it's going to happen for Cleveland, uh, I, I assume. Um, I'm like resigned to that. that we're going to trade our, our best player away at some point in the next couple of years. And it sucks. Uh, and then I remembered that the Red Sox fans have won four World Series in the last 15 years, and so I don't give two shits about what they're, if they're sad. I mean, I, some people I, I really enjoy. Um, I don't want them to be sad, but they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. Did you know, by the way, that about almost 100 years ago, it was 100 years ago in December, December 1990, 1919, that they traded away uh, Babe Ruth, like no. it's like it was exact, and like they're trading another like best player, one of the best players in baseball. Uh, away. Right. That seems it's like it was. Uh, it seems like a, a big deal. Why isn't? Why doesn't anyone ever talk about that? I don't know. It's very much. It's almost spooky. Um, it's like and, some kind of con, con, contract confidentiality, and then they're just not allowed to <laughs> talk about it ever. I don't know. And uh, I was talking to a Red Sox fan um, uh, the other day, and, and he was telling me that. Yeah, and it reminded me that they yeah it was, they won the World Series in 1918, um, and then traded away Babe Ruth after the next season, um, which they won the World Series in 2018 and are going to trade Mookie Betts after the, the next season, which is so weird. Wow, um, eerie. That seems like a really interesting story. Yeah, that uh, Babe Ruth thing. I I, I agree, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, so what else? So what, what are we what are we gonna cover next time? I, I you know I know we're short on time here. Um, we got we got we got three three things I want to talk about on the next episode. Firstly, yeah. it's almost time to do predictions. It's the annual Battery Mates prediction contest. We've got great prizes um, in our heads that we're thinking about maybe getting. 
uh, in for the winner. Um, but it's a big, big, big deal. So everyone should get thinking about um, uh, what they are going to say in the prediction contest. We will be in touch with people directly who have entered before, but we always welcome um, new uh, rookies. Secondly, I want to talk about our trip to Texas. We're going to take a road trip from Dallas to Austin to Houston uh, to see hopefully three different uh, baseball teams play. Depends on the minor league uh, schedule. And we want recommendations. And uh, we also want to float the idea of potentially uh, doing a daily podcast during that road trip. Um, But that might get tied to... Uh, maybe a Patreon type thing, but let's see. Thirdly, I, I, I am digging in a little bit more, but um, I have discovered that the British Houses of Parliament have a parliamentary group of MPs who focus on baseball. What? I'm, I'm, I, I shit you not. I, I'll explain it a lot more in the next episode, but in Parliament they have these... Um, they're called subject groups, where different MPs of different parties get together in what is called an all-party parliamentary group. And there's party uh, groups on uh, America, on Canada, on China, on relations with South Africa, on uh, farming, on uh, industry, on steel, on whiskey. And there is one I have found on baseball. Wow. Um, I found because I'm working on a campaign at the moment. The, the Labour Party is, doesn't have a leader. Mm. Um, and we're electing a new leader, and I'm helping one of the candidates. And one of the MPs who is working on the campaign just messaged me out of the blue. Said, hey, I, I heard you're a, a Nationals fan. I'm an Orioles fan. Huh. I was just like, what the fuck? This, so okay. um, this is very right up our alley this is extremely up our alley it basically couldn't basically couldn't be more battery mates so we're in talks um hoping to get him uh, on the pod i might even try and uh, interview him in parliament at, at some point uh, but there's a whole parliamentary group that means there's other mps who are involved in um in the in the uh, in in this group uh on baseball and um one of the conservative mps is a man called peter bone <laughs> He's involved, uh, and there and there are others as well. So this is big. This could be a really a really rich seam of baseball content. This is that what we just do, we just did before we wrap this episode is called a cliffhanger, and this is going to get people coming back. If your people are binging through our episodes right now, they're not taking a break. They're going right to the next one because um, even though the next one might not have more information, they want to dig in and figure out where <laughs> this is coming, and they want to hear from Peter Bone, um, especially uh, I assume. Um, but, uh, Peter Bone. <laughs> Look, we we could right. j- change our name, the name of this uh, podcast. Um, that that I mean, the Peter, Peter Bone, Bone mates. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that, that, uh, cut that out. Cut that out in post. Uh, all right, I think that's it for this week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keep you know, think about your predictions. We're gonna keep on the negotiations for to bring Ross on the show. Um, but uh, yeah, let's. Um, why you know? In the meantime, celebrate pitches and catches reporting. What should people do um, to celebrate? Well, they should do. What the players will be doing uh, when they start their warm-up sessions. Shackle sports. 